At Jewelers Mutual, we're a little obsessed with jewelry. Obsessed like auctioneers with talking fast. 50, we're going to Pop stars with auto-tune. And dentists with asking questions. So, how did he propose? After they've put their hands in your mouth. Great. Yes, we've made jewelry our obsession for over 100 years. We love it so much, we named our kids Ruby, Amber, and Opal. Venti soy latte for Opal? At Jewelers Mutual, we insure jewelry and only jewelry. Which is why people who are also obsessed with jewelry trust us with theirs. Welcome to Forever Blue Shirts Radio. I'm your host, Russell Hartman. It is draft week, everybody. It is also Jacob Truber week, which is amazing, as we found out last night. And hopefully it'll be Breadman week soon enough. But we're going to get to all that and more. First, I'd love to introduce everyone on the show today. As always, I got my two co-hosts, John Luke Shapiro, Kevin Krupe. They're here with me. And as a special guest today, the owner, the boss, the Don, the guy who keeps all of this together, the guy who's the reason why we're all here, and the guy who's the reason why we're talking to you right now, no matter where you are, Mr. Anthony Scoltori. So, guys, welcome to the show. We got a lot to discuss. It's going to be a jam-packed show, and it's going to be really fun to discuss all the Rangers-related news that has been going on this week. So, let's open it up. Jacob Truba is a New York Ranger, and you know what? The price was pretty insane. I mean, no one really saw that. You know, it was really, really cheap. I mean, Neil Pionk in the 20th pick. Larry Brooks seems like he did not have the right call on that. But you know who did have the right call on that and who was following the story? It was us and it was specifically Anthony. So, Anthony, welcome to the show, buddy. It's a pleasure to have you on. You've been on this for a few weeks now. You saw this coming. What do you have to say about this trade? And what does it mean for the New York Rangers defense going into next season? First off, thank you guys for, uh, for having me on the show. Um Thanks for that nice intro. Uh, what everybody doesn't know is before this all started, they, they, they treated me like an 80-year-old man on a tech support call. You know, like, yeah, we're going to start. We're going to do this. We're going to press this button. It's like I've never done a podcast or used technology before. But thanks, guys. I appreciate that. Um, but as for Truba, this is, this is, a, great, this is a great deal. It, it's, it fits exactly with what they want to do. Um, I, I think – What's funny is, is if you've been, if you've been watching the, the Rangers and they've been rolling out like draft clips and things about like how they approach the draft, they, it's funny when they target somebody, when they really like somebody, they go all in for that person. Um, and they said they had interviewed players like Libor Hayek and Brett Howden. And lo and behold, they weren't able to get them, but eventually they traded for them. So when they regard somebody highly, they go after them. And Troop has been on their radar since his name has popped up with contract disputes in Winnipeg for a while. And he's been linked to them for a while. Now, it finally, the, Winnipeg had it, had to make a move, they had to do something, and they, and they, and they made the deal. And I, and I think it's unfair when you hear so many people trash the Jets uh, for what they got. The Winnipeg Jets got a first-round pick Regardless of the fact that they traded away, they remember, this is a team that went forward in the Stanley Cup Finals. They traded that pick for Kevin Hayes. They thought that would work. It did not. So now, you could literally swap the first-round pick for Truba. That's not, that wasn't going to help them in a Stanley Cup run last year. Now they get a first-round pick. They get a decent young defenseman in Pionk, who you can trash all you want, but everyone seems to forget at one point in time, when the Rangers were hot on a streak, him and Mark Stahl were the best pair they had. And Neil Pionk was playing out of his mind. He was playing excellent hockey. Just like the rest of the team, when they started to cave in under the pressure, when, when Lundqvist started to kind of like, hey, I'm only human, he looked as bad as everybody else. It's amazing how like, he looked worse than who. They looked all terrible. 
Every single player on that team looked terrible in the defensive zone, including everyone's favorite player this year, Mika Zibanejad. They all had struggles in the defensive zone, all of them. Every single one. They weren't a very good team defensively, and they wilted under pressure. They were, had a lot of inexperience, and you got to play as a five-man unit, and any chink in the armor was going to be a problem. But anyway, Truba's a great move. It, it anchors the defense. It makes them rock solid. They've, now, they've got their star-stud defenseman. you got Adam Fox coming in. You've got possibly, I would still think, I, I'm not sold that Shattenkirk is gone, but you have – you know, Stahl there as another veteran defenseman. Anthony D'Angelo is going to get paid. I think he's a great, great person to have on the team. He's got so much offensive upside. Will Hayek be here? Will Hayek actually make the team? I mean, he only got it. We, we got a brief glimpse. Um, you look at a guy like Lingering. Could he may surprise everybody at camp uh, and, and, and stay with this team? So there's, there's definitely a lot to look at with that defense. But Truba is the rock and the anchor that they were looking for. And honestly, the Rangers kind of said they were going for it, and they got him. And that's just – honestly, I, I can't even express how awesome it is to look at our defense now compared to where we were. Absolutely. I mean, now you have a 25-year-old right-handed blue liner who can play penalty kill, power play, all situations. He immediately slots into that top pair of right side – you could see a pairing with Brady Shea. You could see a pairing with Hayek. I mean, we'll see what happens, what ultimately David Quinn decides to do. But, Kevin, you know, what do you think about this? I mean, Jacob Truba, is he immediately vaults to the top of the depth chart, immediately vaults to be our number one defenseman on this New York Rangers team. He's something, even our prospects, you could say, we don't have a guy like that in the system. Um, what does this do going forward, and do you think he can be the guy in New York for no matter how many years they sign him going forward here? Well, there's always a reality check with this kind of thing. I know a couple of years ago when Shattenkirk got signed, you know, we all got crazy. Oh, this is the power play quarterback we've been looking for. He's going to make everything right. You know, the Rangers are really going to push for it in the end of this year. You know, they're going to go to the playoffs. Like, you know, the, 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 the power play number is going to go up. But it's just, you know, you got to hamper your expectation. You know, kind of clamp down on that expectation a little bit. Only because, you know, Truba was looked at as the third best defenseman on his team. And that's a great thing to say because you had Bufflin and you had Tyler Myers in front of him. And, you know, he was in a playoff, he was in a playoff team. They won a lot of games. And now he's coming to a lot younger team where he's looked at as more of a veteran, a guy with experience, a guy that has connections already with uh, Brendan Lemieux and with Brady Shea. And now it, the question is going to be, it's like, how is he going to be able to keep up his point production? And the first thing, and the first Thing that's going to happen when the Rangers start to do bad in the beginning of the year is this was a waste of a trade. We lost the 20th overall pick. Peon could have been great. It's going to be the same old crap over and over again. But you have to look. He's going to be taking on a whole new role. He's going to be pairing with Brady Shade. There's no reason not to. All the history between the two of them. And he's going to be a leader. He's going to be a leader that he might not have been in Winnipeg before this. He's going to take on a lot more responsibility, especially if we see, you know, possibly a buyout with Shad and Kirk or Shea. Uh, you know, it's stuff like that all, all, all the time. It's just, it, 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 there's a whole new dynamic, especially this Ranger completely did like a 180 within the last few months, just signing all these young guys, you know, trading away a few people. And now with the block of Jimmy VC, you know, Chris Kreider's always talked about, you know, there's a lot of things that can change within the next week. Which, you know, I'm, everything is in flux. Everything is going to be in flux leading up to the draft, and especially when the GMs get to Vancouver. You're right. And I mean, I love Truba. Truba is a great player, and I'm very excited for him. It's just, He's going to have to have time to adjust, especially. Absolutely. But I like that you brought up that this is going to be, be a week of change. Because, I mean, especially when all the GMs and all the talent meets in Vancouver, it's going to be something. Like, everyone's going to be in the same room. Everyone's going to be vibing, you know, who wants this guy? Where's this guy going? What can we trade here? So, Ant, I saw you over there. What do you have to add to what Kevin had to say? Do we have to keep Kevin on this show? <laughs> did, did he just say Truba was oh. the third? Did he say Trouba uh -oh. was the third best defenseman? I, uh -oh. the, he had 50 points. He was their top scoring defenseman. But you top, have to you have to look at that team pump though. The bricks. Tyler Myers <laughs> had 31 points, dude. Like, if you want to say Dustin Bufflin is their best defenseman, I will say hands down, I agree with you. But Tyler Myers had 31 points in two less games. We are we, you're not like I can't even fathom what you just said. Now 
Basically, J- Jacob Truba is Dan Girardi with a scoring touch. If you watch anybody who watched Truba play, he blocks shots, he clears the net, and he's a big body positional defenseman. Now, obviously, Russ was making the face because, you know, we can see each other while we're doing this. This is wonderful. Dan Girardi, if, if everyone remembers, was one of our, I don't know, top defensemen when we were making our playoff runs and getting to the Stanley Cup final in 2014 and we continuously always like for some reason that's that's the point of demar that's the that's the mar that's the mark the demarcation line of when he all of a sudden started to suck because he was playing in a double overtime it was exhausted and a puck jumped over a stick and they scored and everyone forgets that they blew a lead which wasn't his fault and everyone keeps forgetting that rick nash scored a boatload of zero goals in the stanley cup finals and a total of five in the playoffs but hey he's great anyway Let's put that aside. It was time for Girardi to go. I get it. But Truba is just like that defensively. He's fantastic. And he can give you offensive punch. You pair him and you put him with guys like Fox. And you put him with guys like Shea and Shattenkirk. And 50 points to 55 to 60 is probably going to be where we're, all, where we're at for a while to be. You know, I like that you proposed that Fox and Truba pairing because I think that that is probably, if all the things, if all the prospects hit the ceilings that we think they're going to, that is probably going to be the defense pair of the future here. I mean, that's going to be, you got dynamics, you got the skating, you got the dynamic offensive ability. You have the only defenseman in NCAA history to average a point and a half for a season. And you got a guy who wasn't even getting top pair minutes for the whole, all of his time in Winnipeg, still putting up 50 points to, to your point, Anthony, last season. So, I mean, Truba is going to be a beast. You're pairing with a guy like Fox whose ceiling is through the roof. I mean, you're hoping that that is the solid number one pair for the Rangers going to the future here. So, I mean, Jeff Gordon did an amazing job. Now, JL, we haven't heard from you, so you're going to get included in this now. And I haven't seen you shake your hand, but you're still going to get included in this conversation right now. So, everyone's been saying on Twitter, roasting the Winnipeg Jets all day and Kevin Cheveldayoff about what they got last night. You know, you don't seem to think Neil Pionk is a – quite the bad defense as everyone else thinks so i'm gonna allow you to uh elaborate on why the jets didn't do as horrible as everyone says they have been doing so jl the floor is yours my friend okay well first of all thank you for letting me talk uh, i hope my privileges don't get taken away after this but um <laughs> no neil okay so everyone likes to get on neil pionk's case but like what ant said everybody was bad and the team wasn't really in the best of shape after a while but the thing about neil pionk is that uh he had he's very raw this is really only his first full season in the nhl and you can tell he's still a little raw on the defensive side which is fine i mean for goodness sake we've had players who were worse on the back end and we trotted them out there for goodness sake we had rob o'gara play on this team and it's nothing against o'gara he probably seems like a very nice guy but he is not someone you trot out there for 10 minutes a night. So if we're willing to live with Rob O'Gara, then Neil Pionk is definitely a step above that. He's got offensive ability. He's raw in the defensive zone. Could he be a good third-pair defenseman for the Winnipeg Jets? Yes, he can, especially if he's paired with someone who can carry the load. As much as I like Mark Stahl, I don't think he was that guy. And honestly, with the resurgence of Tony D'Angelo, he was the odd man out. So as much as... As much as people want to get on him for being, you know, as bad as he supposedly is, he's really not that bad. It's just he's raw. And do you make that trade, Truba, for Pionk in the first? Absolutely. 99.999% of the time, you make that trade. But to go out and discredit him all because he had some bumps in the road, I, I honestly think that's a little much. He had a lot of flashes. He was good. You know what? You know, Winnipeg might get themselves a good player. We got the better player at Winnipeg. You know, they didn't get someone who was terrible. You're right. They did better than a lot of people are saying they did. Now, Ant, so what, what would you like to add to what Jail had to say? Before I had said when pairing him with Fox, and, and, and I don't mean to put them as a defensive pair because they're both right-handed shots. So we got to take those things into consideration, right? And there is an overload now on the right side with Truba, Shattenkirk, uh, Fox, and I believe D'Angelo is also a right-handed shot, right? So there's too mm-hmm. many guys on that side. I think 
Truba and Shea are going to be your top defensive pair. I think that's the first thing that Quinn, uh, that, you know, Quinn is going to try and do is make that his top shutdown defensive unit. And Shea, with a defenseman like Truba, uh, I think he has the absolute, you know, possibility of being that, that top pair defenseman with, uh, with Jacob. And I think that's who the Rangers are going to want to be their 22, 23, 24-minute guys against the top units out there. Um, and then I'm hoping I, – I don't want to do too much with Fox. I, I really think he's going to make the team. I think they, they've got to at least give him a, a long look, not, not just that – unless he has a terrible camp. they got to give him a long look. And if you're going to play Fox, I, I think it only makes sense you're going, to play, you're going to pair him up with a veteran stall. I know people are already dying thinking about it, but it might make sense. Somebody who's been through it and can keep the kid calm. And then, you know, your third pairing could be a Hayek and D'Angelo. And wow, wouldn't that be a hell of a third pair, right? Uh, which comes to what we're going to have to eventually discuss. What do you do with Shattenkirk? Shattenkirk right now, I mean, I'd love to keep him. But, you know, unless you're going to force Fox or D'Angelo to play out of position, or maybe Shattenkirk, you tell him, hey, you want to be here? We might have to switch you to the other side. Can you do it? You know, these guys are, are all pros. It's, I, it's not like they probably couldn't make the switch. It's just a preference nowadays, I think, in the NHL to have that left-righty matchup. I, you know, being that I'm old and I don't understand how to use technology, um, when I was you know, watching hockey back in the 80s and 90s, I never felt like there was this absolute need to have lefty-righty all the time. Uh, because, you know, these guys just couldn't figure out how to play uh, because of, you know, they're, they're better suited because they're a left-handed shot to be on on the opposite side of the ice or the same side of the ice. It's it, To me, it's a little much. But that's kind of what I wanted to, to make clear, that I don't believe you'll see a Truba-Fox uh, pairing anytime soon. Maybe on a power play. Who knows? Who cares? But, you know, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, there's so many moving parts of the defense this year. I mean, especially, like you said, the logjam on the right side. Guys might have to play out of position if they want to stay on this team. But, I mean, competition is what is going to make this team better. The competitions in camp, the competitions during preseason. Even if you want to go to Traverse City and see how some of the rookies do and they take kind of a leadership role there, it all is going to happen for David Quinn, and he's going to have a lot of hard decisions to make. So, moving on, I mean, Jacob Trouba was an amazing move this week in what has been an amazing series of moves by GM Jeff Gordon recently, including the signing of Adam Fox, getting Igor Rykov over here, getting Vitaly Kravtsov to sign his uh, ELC. Numerous things Jeff Gordon has just been killing it this offseason. But moving on here to the draft, which is Friday night in Vancouver. Everyone's excited. The Rangers have the second overall pick. Now, if you've been listening to the show, you've heard my opinions on it. Kevin's, JL's, everyone that's been on, Steven, Statboy Steven, everybody's been talking about this pick. But now, Anthony has been a Ranger fan longer than almost anyone here. And we've never seen the Rangers pick this high since expansion. Now, having the second overall pick when you have a choice of either the dynamic American center from the USNTDP and Jack Hughes or the Finnish phenom in Kapokaka, who's been tearing it up in Liga. And you're the guy who I really want to hear. What does this really mean for a franchise who's really never picked this high and has never truly had a really homegrown superstar besides Brian Leach? I, I, I think it's at this point, you are all, all of you are intentionally trying to make me feel like I'm grandpa on this call. That's all I'm going to say right now. You can all go off mute, right? Everyone's whoa, whoa, on mute. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. You, right. you let okay. off the show saying everybody's treating me like an old man. I don't know. I, nobody brought it up but you. I don't know. You who, reap what you sow. Exactly. Okay. If you want to be the old man, you're the old man now. So tell us about the old days where we had no picks in the expansion era because I can't remember past Tuesday. <laughs> How does, how, how does this feel, man? Like, you must be so, like, elated. Just not even the Truba news. When, remember when me and Russ and Jail were at the game watching the draft at the best game, the draft on our phone, and we were going crazy because we never experienced this, and we're only 25, 26. You, you must be, like, going out of your mind with the idea that we can have a dynamic center or an explosive winger. <laughs> not for nothing. Kevin is so excitable, so loud, and literally talks so fast that his headset and technology can't keep up with, keep up with his rapid mouth. That's number one, okay? Number two, I said you guys treated me, and then you continue to proceed to treat me like I'm some fossil. 
Okay? That goes for all of you clowns. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, so when the Rangers, you know, won the lottery and were picking second overall, after I changed my depends, I was able to collect myself, pull out my catheter, and take my, and take my gout medicine. What, what the hell is wrong with you clowns? First off, what does it mean? It's great that the Rangers actually have an opportunity for the first time in franchise his- history to draft a generational forward, an unbelievable offensive powerhouse forward. To me, Kako or Hughes, and by the way, Fishler really believes that Jack Hughes is going to be a Ranger. He tweeted it out today. And I guess, you know, those old guys, you just don't know where, when they're going to go and lose their minds, right, guys? But he did, he said his gut was telling him that Jack Hughes would be a Ranger. Either way, we win, period. I, I think Jack Hughes is, is a phenomenal talent. He's the next, you know, possible McDavid type player. Uh, Kako is this power forward. Somebody said, Maybe he could be like the next Peter Forsberg, which got – I was like, wow, that, that's, that's somebody to think about, huh? Um, I know a lot of people like his, the way he protects the puck. He's like Yager. I don't see it. Uh, Yager, had, Yager just was this giant, like, beast of a human being, and he could just – you know, he could just stand still, and you just still couldn't get the puck away from him. His legs were the most powerful thing uh, on that ever touched NHL ice. But, I mean – you, you can't lose. You got Kako, who, who could be a 40, 80, maybe a 45, 90, maybe even a 50 goal scorer. Uh, but you got Hughes. You let, you let Hughes go. You're talking about a potential Art Ross candidate year in, year out. 110, 120-point centerman. I mean, with the right wingers, and you've got guys like Kravtsov and Buchnevich, you know, who knows? I mean, you got Hedl. You got Anderson. There's just so much you look at and you go, you, this the potential on this team with what they've built so far in, in, in terms of their forwards, it's incredible. So you just throw a Hughes or a Kaku in there and, you know, you got to be like, this potential here for not just winning that one cup, but maybe contending for multiple. And it's hard in this day and age, but let's be, let's be honest here. Over the last 10 years, how many Stanley Cup champions have we really had? Pittsburgh's won numerous. Chicago's won numerous. Okay? So you've got teams, and L.A. won twice. You've got teams that have won multiple cups within a few-year span. You build it right. You, he could be going crazy and having two championships in the matter of a few years versus, you know, one every, you know, world war. That'd be great. Go ahead, boys. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's the goal, right? The goal is to have a dynasty here. The goal is to develop a team that can consistently compete for the Stanley Cup. So, JL, you're knocking. You're knocking at the door. What's up, buddy? What's going on? All right. So I have to agree with a lot of Ant's points. One, because I don't want to get fired. And two, uh, um, please, <laughs> Grandpa Tilt. <laughs> okay, whatever you say, Grandpa Tilt. Oh, make sure I get you a new ship in a Depends later on today. Um, no, but, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's exciting, and it's, it's, uh, I'm actually really optimistic. Usually when, uh, before the season starts, whenever the Rangers were in their playoff hunts, you know, before the season, I would have this strong feeling of optimism. You know, being a Mets fan, you don't really experience that. So throughout the summer, after the drudge of a baseball season you see the training camp you know players coming in and you see everything starting to formulate and then when the season starts it's like oh great uh michael grabner scored a goal against the islanders and they won on opening night you know it's good to see, you know i it, it, that, that that brought a lot of you know enthusiasm but last couple of seasons have been kind of you know different but now with you know caco or Hughes or whomever in and, and all these young guys truba fox you know, the Angelo coming in his own, you know, it, it, I'm getting that excitement back. And, <clears throat> you know, it, it, you know, like Kevin alluded to real quick, when we were at the Met game, at a Met game, we were watching it and we were more focused on the draft lottery than we were the tire fire that's baseball team on the field. So that goes to show not only 
the impact it had on us, but just the franchise in general. So, I think that's a fantastic point to make. I mean, look, the draft lottery, every every fan had their eyes on it. We were hoping and praying all year that, you know, the losing, the heartache that we've been through, not making the playoffs for a few years was going to finally be worth it. And, I mean, as soon as we saw that jump, that we were getting passed over, we knew we were in that lottery. And I, I, I remember all we were doing was holding each other and saying, guys, guys, all we need is top two. All we need is top two. All we need is top two. And they showed the Blackhawks gang three. And I can tell you, I, I don't think I've been that elated as a New York Rangers fan since the Dominic Moore goal against the Montreal Canadiens that sent them to the Stanley Cup final. I think that was one of my favorite moments. I've been a New York Ranger fan so far. That was amazing to see that we're going to get a guy that can drive this franchise into the future. And, you know, going ahead here, we could add even more talent this summer in the form of unrestricted free agent Artemi Panarin. Now, Artemi Panarin, uh, former Columbus Blue Jacket, obviously everyone knows this, an 80-90 point player. Now we have various reports here. Darren Dreger, Elliot Friedman, two very respected voices in the hockey community. Elliot Friedman believes right now Panarin is probably going to go to the Florida Panthers, while Darren Dreger thinks the New York Rangers are the front runners here. Anthony's been close to this story all season about Panarin possibly where it could go, contracts, all the, all this kind of stuff about Panarin. So, Anthony, what is your feeling right now from what you've heard, from what the feeling is right now? Dreger, Freeman, they're both saying kind of opposing things. It's just weird. You know, the two top insiders usually they have the same info. But where do you see this going with Panarin as the summer goes on here for the Rangers? Well, let me let me just say as as the as the old guy, you know, on the call that I, I really feel sorry for you, you, you youngster, you that Dominic Moore is like the, the most excited, the most favorite thing you've ever seen as a Ranger fan, you know, because when the Rangers won the cup, I actually had a beer. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you know, when, when, you know when, when the Rangers were on a playoff run, I was like, you know, chilling out, you know, drinking a beer and smoking a cigarette. Sorry. <laughs> you know, us old guys, uh, we got to see a few things, but – uh, when it comes to Panarin, uh, you know, this has been going on and on and on for quite a while, right? So anyone who's been following the Rangers very closely, uh, is, if you would have followed this, you know, at the end of last year, uh, heading into the first few months of the season, um, reading Columbus beat writers, Panarin was only coming to the Rangers. That's it. Done. It's all he wanted to do. Okay. So that news has been coming out. Then there's been talk about, oh, well, he wants to go play in Florida somewhere. Um, so as I've been doing whatever I can, reaching out to different various people, you know, uh, talking to people in Winnipeg during the whole Truba thing, and I've really got a sense, you know, one person was like, basically like, listen, you're going to love them. They, they, they knew, and, better, and Drager admitted it today, or what Drager reported today, that, you know, they, they're lucky they got what they got because the list was limited and it was down to, it was really one or two teams. And I have to assume that it's the Rangers are obviously one. Cause that's where he went. And the other team was either going to, was either Detroit, his hometown or Florida. I don't know, you know, his fiance is in Florida studying to be a doctor, but obviously she can't practice medicine in Canada. If she's studying in the United States to be a doctor. So that's why the, the guy was thinking about his, you know, his future wife as well. So, that's a commendable thing. Um, I'm sure Jets fans aren't crazy about it, but it is commendable. When it comes to the whole Panarin thing, my, I, the Rangers play things really close to the vest. I, I knew they were interested in Truba because it was like Captain Obvious, and I got that much in, the, in some brief conversations. When it comes to Panarin, I'm not getting that same feel. I'm not sure, unless they, like I said, they, they play a common close to the vest. You notice that, the trade for Truba was announced by the Rangers and nobody else, right? They keep everything tightly wrapped, and that's just the way they play. And most of these hockey insiders don't even get they, – they hear about the rumors, but they, they never break the trade saying, yeah, the Rangers are about to announce that they acquired Truba. No, the Rangers make the announcement. Uh, on Panarin, you've got as, – as today, Friedman said on NHL Network that – he feels it's Florida. Drager said yes. Said the day that the Rangers acquired Truba, he said on Sirius XM Radio, he said the Rangers are hot after Truba. The, the Rangers are really forceful going after Truba, and he said 
that he can't see Panarin not wind up on the Rangers. He's like, he doesn't see a scenario where Panarin isn't, isn't a New York Ranger when it's all said and done. Let's see. Truba became a Ranger that, that like literally hours after he said that. So I'm going to bank on Dreger over Friedman. And if they were having like a celebrity hockey insider death cage match, I'm putting my money on Darren Drager. I don't know what you guys are thinking, but I'm putting my money on Drager. As far as my feelings are concerned, here's the key. Here's what you need to know. Right now, got to remember your dates. June 15th, buyout window started. The Rangers opted not to use one, even though everyone thought Brendan Smith was easily going to be gone. When I kind of spoke, when I spoke with the Ranger contact that I have, he basically said it makes no sense for us cap wise. Makes no sense to take the to, to gain a few million dollars and then take penalties for three years if you don't know you're going to use that cap space for anything you need. So the window closes on the 30th. The window to speak to free agents opens on the 23rd. They lock up Truba, which I think is going to cost them anywhere between probably seven to seven, five for seven years. They lock up Truba. Okay. They're going to have to find a way. They're going to have to make trades to free up more space because you got to sign D'Angelo. You got to sign Buchnevich and you have to sign Brendan Lemieux. So that's going to cost you a few million dollars right there. That doesn't leave enough room for Panera. So expect trades. Expect moving VC for draft picks. Expect moving Nemestikov for draft picks. That's what I'm thinking. You know, or prospects. Something that they can bury because they're not going to – or maybe a package deal for something. But they need to shed salary no matter what. But if they buy out anybody after June 23rd, you know right there is your signal that Panarin is, go- is definitely there, someone they are, de- are targeting. So June 23rd, they speak to free agents. They talk to Panarin. They feel it can happen. They buy out somebody by, June, by, by the end of the draft or by June 30th before free agency opens, you know right then and there Panarin is, is somebody they're going to target. And when they target somebody, they usually get them. All right, so you, you, if, if there's a buyout, you said the signals are Terry Panarin. It could be a New York Ranger. Okay, that's, that's cool. But now what do you think the price is based on what we've seen Eric Carlson get in San Jose? Now you see what Trub is going to get from us. You see what, you know, what do you feel the market is going to be for him and what do you think? What do you think the number and term is going to take to get it done? Maximum seven years. You're going to have to give him a seven. You're going to have to pay him until he's 34, 35, whether you like it or not. You're going to give him seven, and you're going to give him some sort of a limited no trade. That's happening. The the key here is is just how much money it's going to take. People have been throwing numbers out like twelve, thirteen million dollars. Let's back that truck up for a second because news came out that. They don't know if the cap is going, the cap ceiling is going to be as high as everyone originally thought. So, if that cap ceiling isn't that 83 million, possibly 83 something that everyone thought it was going to be, and it's less and it's 82 or even a little bit less, I think Panarin then has to kind of, all right, maybe we go back to that $11 million mark range, right? I know it's only a million or two, but let's go back to the $11 million. Let's, let's do that, okay? I think that's where he's going to be. He's going to be anywhere around 11 to 12 million. I think that's what it's going to take. I think the Rangers will have to give it. But let me also add this. One benefit the Rangers have over the Florida Panthers. First off, remember, Tampa's in cap hell. Good luck. Figure that out. The Panthers are, are, the, are the one everyone's talking about, right? The one thing the Rangers can do that the Panthers cannot, which is not, which is, in the CBA is exactly what the Toronto Maple Leafs did with John Tavares front load the money so much that he goes lockout comes. I still get paid. And that's why I think Panarin is a ranger over sunny Florida. It's a two hour flight to the beach, buddy. And guess what? The beaches on long Island are gorgeous too. Enjoy yourself. There you go, boys. So Kevin and then JL, I saw you both, both requesting to speak here, but Kevin, what do you have to say about this Panarin situation? And do you think he is one of our best options going forward here as we seek to get back to contender status? We're in a rare position to actually actually, actually have cap space for the first time. We're not like, oh, how are we going to sign, you know, these three players to certain contracts and who are we going to have to trade away, who are we going to have to give up, yada, yada, yada. I actually wanted to ask Ant something before 
not kind of along the same lines as Panarin, but let's say in in a weird situation, the Rangers don't want to pay the, 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 the Panarin tax or whatever, giving them all that money because you still have to lock up Truba. It's like, oh, we can't really afford that. We can't keep all these guys. You know, we the buyout or, you know, trading isn't, you know, actually in our favor. Would you see something like, you know, how, how Carolina did, um, I think it was last year, where they traded and got back all of this cap from like a terrible contract and you get a really young asset in the process, you know, somewhere like Tampa Bay or like Toronto where they are in cap hell. Do you see this kind of panning out that way? Or is it more just like, let's just go for the UFA right now instead? Well, I'm, I'm glad you didn't ask me uh, how I take my Metamucil in the morning. So that's wonderful. Um, <laughs> I have to, uh, you know, give you respectable questions every now and again. <laughs> So, honestly, I don't know if the Rangers want to play that game. I, the, people love this concept of taking on a really sh- crappy contract for uh, a prospect and killing your cap space. I guess I guess if the Rangers strike out in the UFA market, uh, there's nothing else available. Maybe they improve the team on the trade market, and they look at it and they go, well, what are we going to do with this cap space? Um, you know, hey, do we extend Kreider and give him a little bit of money because, you know, we feel that, you know, he's he's the type of – if you miss out on Panarin, you got to keep Kreider. So I don't think they're trading Kreider at the draft. I, I think the, tr- Kreider gets traded if they don't get Panarin. I mean, if they get Panarin, they might trade – that. I just want to make sure I get that straight. If they get Panarin, then maybe they, they shed salary and they think about, all right, what are we going to get for Kreider? Uh, and anyway – the 2020, they might get a first round pick in 2020 by a certain team. Who knows? 2020 is a, is a pretty good draft. So um, you can stock up picks then too. It makes perfect sense. But I don't like the concept of bringing in you know, somebody's crap uh, contract just to possibly get, you know, unless the prospect is like, you're really worth it. Like you're taking this guy off my hands and I'm going to give you a top, you know, prospect uh, that's like, highly rated that that doesn't happen you usually just get somebody else's you know borderline maybe could be good prospect and a draft pick uh to take on a crappy contract and then handcuff yourself to maybe you're you're going on you're doing really well and you want to become buyers at the deadline but you you stuck yourself with a net lousy seven million dollar eight million dollar contract that nobody wants but it just doesn't make any sense jl I saw you punching the screen. What's going on, buddy? So I'm just curious. So, you know, first I'll ask, uh, do you need a new walker by any chance? So <laughs> secondly, on, real question before I get fired. And being that uh, John Davidson is now with the organization, uh, the dynamics seems to have kind of changed now. So when it comes to Panarin, seeing as how he was there, you know, when Panarin was a blue jacket, I would assume that there has to be some sort of familiarity or some sort of influence that could potentially maybe bring Panarin here rather than Florida. You know, reports say that, oh, Panarin wants to go to Florida because the weather is nice or this and that and the fourth. So I'm just curious as how much of an influence, you know, John Davidson could have on any potential, you know, negotiations or even maybe have some sort of a discount. I think Davidson obviously has a big influence here. Uh, and I definitely think that it's going to play a role for Panarin as well. Um, uh, but let's not also discount what else is going to play a role for Panarin. When he looks at the Panthers, yes, they're, they're a pretty good team. You got Jill Quenville there with his familiarity with Quenville. Um, you know, they, they've got some offensive talent that's pretty, pretty good. They're young. They got a nice defense. They have 5,000 people in the seats. Um, that was a ding. Um, you look at the Rangers and you go, it's Madison Square Garden. They just got Jacob Truba. They improved. They got Adam Fox. They've got all this young talent. They got one, they're going to have one of the top two picks in this draft, which is a generational talent. They've got Mika Zibanejad, a young center that he could play with. To me, I just I look at it. It's like, yeah, I like the beach. Or holy crap, I'm playing in the mecca of hockey in the United States. Yeah, and I mean that's really what it's going to come down to. I mean Madison Square Garden or the or the BB and T Center, and you know it speaks for itself when they call themselves the world's most famous arena. And especially with JD now in tow, I really do. I'm kind of feeling the optimism now about Panarin, and I mean I've been on the Panarin train since the beginning. I mean 
since it was rumored that he wanted to be here. I mean, the guy is a game breaker. And, you know, you're right. Comparing, putting this guy with the Kravtsov, Kako, Zibanejad, Kreider, all these guys, you know, it really, it's, the Rangers might be, get, get into that contender spot a lot quicker than we thought. So, I mean, we'll see what happens with Panarin over the next few weeks once free agency opens. And now it's time for a segment while we have Ant here called Hashtag Ask Tilt. And we have a few questions from you guys uh, on Twitter when Ant uh, tweeted out before. And the first one for Ant is Alex Roars at AROARS39 asks, Hashtag Ask Tilt, does Kreider get traded before or during the draft? Anthony, what is your opinion on Chris Kreider? Um, like I kind of mentioned before, uh, I don't think he gets traded, uh, at the draft, uh, unless I guess it's an incredible deal or something. But like I said, I, I don't think you can get rid of your best, uh, you know, veteran winger without knowing Panarin is there or not. Uh, so to me right now, at this point in time, I'm saying he's there and that if they sign Panarin, there's a, that's when they probably move him. And now we have another asked question from Brandon Faust at bfaust 30 as hashtag ask tilt. With Truba coming in, what do you expect are the top six to look like opening night? And if Shattenkirk is traded, what is the most realistic return you could think of for Kevin Shattenkirk? Um, so opening night is Truba and Shea. I think it's Fox and Stahl. And I think it's D'Angelo and Hayek. Those are your six for opening night. And I think Shattenkirk, you're, you're going to eat half his salary and you're going to take a prospect and a second round pick. You're not going to get much for Shattenkirk at this point. Yeah, I mean, his role is kind of getting diminished on this team with all the new – unless he accepts a new role on the team. But, yeah, I feel and, it. And, and to be honest with you, look for teams that need to hit the cap, need to hit the cap floor to, make, to, to take his, maybe take his contract on in full. That's a possibility. And the Rangers may have to sweeten the pot to make that happen. They may have to yeah. send over a second-round pick with Shattenkirk for, you know, maybe their second-round pick, and they eat the whole contract just so they can get to the cap floor. Absolutely. And this is a question for me that I have for you. Do you see them, now that they've gotten rid of 20 in the Truba deal, do you see them trying to acquire another first either on the floor in Vancouver, on Friday night or before the draft within the next few days? Do you think they try to get another pick in the first round? They don't have what it takes to get another pick in the first round, so no. Okay, simple enough. So, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. It was awesome having Anthony with us. And I'm going to give everyone a closing statement because I'm sure everyone has something they'd like to say before we close out before the draft on Friday. JL, go first, buddy. What do you have to say to the listeners or to Ant while he is here? Well, outside of the outside of the senior citizen jokes, thank you, Papa Tilt, for coming on and and uh, you know in, in indulging us with your time and and your your rating rating rating. Ah, gosh, I can't even get that word out. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's the perks of being young. Um, I I am pretty. I do have that effect on guys. <laughs> uh, for for giving us your energy and thank you for letting us do this. Uh, to all the listeners out there, I guess I can just say uh, it's going to be pretty exciting, and I, I'm stoked, man. You know, I haven't been this excited for a team, any team, in a very long time. So, you know, please keep your heads up, and it's going to be fun the next couple of days. So, you know, watch out. Kevin, close the statement from you, buddy. Well, uh, I have a few more of a question. First question, uh, do you take your antacid before or after you eat dinner? And uh, does that affect your uh, sleep schedule in any way? I know you have to get up a few times to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. Um... <laughs> it, it's it's it, it's a growing problem, not a going problem. Uh, That's what I the doctor told you, I understand. Okay. <laughs> Hey, 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 watch the language. Keep it PG here. Don't, don't worry. <laughs> One day it's going to be all of us, and then we're going to be talking to younger people and be like, just the same as Ant. And, you know, it's going to be coming very, very fast soon. So I'm not, I'm going to stop now. I'm but... not that old, you jackasses. I'm just a little bit over 40. You, can you, look, you, you look great for 70. <laughs> uh, piggybacking on um, Papa Fultil himself uh he said that you know the, this looks like a team that could have sustained success sustained deep runs in the playoffs a lot better than the let's buy a free agent the year before or trade for somebody 
you know, like an Eric Stahl, like a Keith Yandel, like just anybody that, you know, comes across us and we'll throw a first round pick at it. This is a team where you don't have to do that. And you have, you can give up minimal pieces for small tink, like tinkering and, you know, small little third line, fourth line players that, you know, boost the already powerful top six that you already have. So this looks like, you know, one of those, it's still going to take another year. The rebuild isn't over as much as I want it to be. This next year is going to be, you know, hard and, you know, fantastic. At the same time, we're going to see all these players, but, you know, it's going to be a lot better than last year. And there's like hope for the Rangers so quickly that I'm just baffled and speechless. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really special what they're building. And typically, I would give the final closing statement, but we're going to say that for Anthony today. My final Kevin, thing I'd like Kevin to say. speechless. That's funny. speechless. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, now I can keep talking more and more and more if you really want me to. <laughs> Excuse me. No, no, no. No, 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 no. You said your closing statement. <laughs> so, I mean. On the airtime, Kev. Jeez. So obviously, all right, both of you, shut your mouths, relax. Anyway, so besides the Anthony bashing, which I am not going to do because I'm going to be the good person out of you two. I'm going to be the good guy here out of the other two on the show. Yeah, 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 sure, whatever. Anyway, um, we're all obviously looking forward to Friday. And, you know, I'm a big prospect guy. And for years, it's always been this prospect's awesome, but we have no shot. This prospect's awesome. Ah, uh, it sucks. We're gonna have to do it against him in a few years. Now it's no longer that way anymore. Now it's, oh my God, we're gonna get a guy who's finally gonna strike fear into our opponents, and he's gonna be here in like three days. And it's gonna be so special to see someone like that on the Garden Ice, who the second he steps on, you know, the opponent knows. All right, it's game time. And we haven't had a forward or a real player like that in a long time. It's gonna be so special to see whether it is Kapokaka or Jack Hughes. Uh, in a Rangers jersey soon enough. And the Rangers, it's amazing to see what they can accomplish building the right way, not trying to get these free agent mercenaries, not throwing this money at this guy, not sending picks for this guy, but really truly building through the draft, building through smart trades, smart moves, and smart signings as this goes on. And hopefully this does lead to something like a Blackhawks or Penguins run that they've had the past few years because, man, this city would be electric. So before we end today, and final words, you know, we're three days before the draft. Take us home. Well, first off, thank you guys. This was a lot of fun. Uh, I appreciate you guys and the energy you bring to the podcast. Russ, thank you so much. You're doing a great job. Um, also, fantastic. That was a lot of work in your mock draft piece. I thought it was excellent. Um, JL, Kevin, I appreciate every, your contributions and all our team members, all our writers. Uh, I, I can't thank everybody enough for what, what you guys have put into the site. Um, you know, something I started about five years ago and last year, I, I thought it took off last year. And to, the fact that we are at 2 million page views, which was what we finished last year with, and we are already at 2 million now and the possibility we might, we might do four, uh, I'm beyond ecstatic. Uh, so thank you to all our readers, all our listeners, uh, Please continue to come to www. Wait, can you still say www these days? <laughs> I just showed my age. Uh, www.aol.com. Uh, <laughs> Please continue to come to foreverblueshirts.com. Please read our articles, bookmark our site, subscribe to the RSS feed. Um, you know, please sign up for the, for the email so that the articles come directly to your email. Please continue to come support us. We're growing. We're getting better. We're getting more and more recognized. Uh, I can't thank everybody enough. And, uh, I just Ranger fans, I'll leave with this. This is probably one of the most exciting times to be a fan of this team And the only thing I can describe it to in my long, many years of fandom is uh, when the Rangers drafted Leach, Richter, Granado, and they had this young group of kids. And that young group of kids turned into guys like Graves and Messier. And all of a sudden, you had Zuboff and Kovalev, and we were winning a cup. And... I have a feeling, just looking at what we've got here now, that there's a really good shot that we could be looking at something that good again in a few years, and maybe sooner than we think. 
The NHL is younger, faster, and things are turning quicker and quicker on a dime that it wouldn't surprise me that this team, if it clicks and the young players it go a little bit above and beyond, that they could become a little dark horse contender with a goaltender like Henrik Lundqvist maybe getting hot at the right time. You just never know, man. So enjoy it, guys. And let's go Rangers. going on you have john wangland one of the hosts of wrestling with reality check out our shows this week on wrestling with reality we have some great shows we have our mma show we look at is khabib namaga madoff versus george st pierre reality why john jones is such a disgrace to the ufc we also have on wcw monday nitro watch along and we take a look back at triple h in his 25 year career in the wwe so check out wrestling with reality on all major podcast outlets Hey everyone, this is Sharon Waxman. I'm the founder and the editor-in-chief of The Wrap, the premier news source for daily coverage of the entertainment industry. I'm also your host of this new podcast, The Wrap Up, a show that gives you an insider's look at the top stories in Hollywood. Each week, we'll bring you the latest news on the business of movies, TV, streaming, and tech. So be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you each week on The Wrap Up. Hey everyone, this is Stan Wangler from Just Thinking. Stop on by this week and listen to some of the great podcasts we have lined up for you. Two in particular are really good shows. One is called Are We Driving Ourselves Insane? Well, are we? And the next one is called Have You Been Having a Bad Day? Did You Have a Bad Day? Well, if you did, this is the show for you. And I bet you, when you get done listening, you'll feel a lot better. So join us.